0: This morning, I want to take just a few minutes and look at uh, my favorite guy in the Bible besides Jesus. Jesus is my favorite guy in the Bible by far. But my second favorite guy is an Old Testament man named Joseph. So we're going to look at his uh, story, the very, very beginning of his story in just a second. And this morning's message, the title of it is a funny title. I went back and forth talking to my wife. And the title of this morning's message is Hate or Help? hate or help and in in my family I have four children we have four children and we have two grandchildren and it was one of those four-letter words that we were never allowed to say in my in my house with my wife and I hate that's a that's a that's a bad word but this morning we're going to read in scripture where this small text is this word is used multiple times and yet our choice is always God's help is ever present and if we look to him, pull on him, we can receive help straight from heaven and hopefully many times, as often, help from our brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. I so appreciated what Mike said uh, this morning as he was up front about changing mindsets and wrong belief systems, which is exactly what I want to talk about this morning. So, Mike, I deeply appreciate that. I listened to Dan's message from last week um, about Lotden, uh, what was the title? Uh, what is your lot? What is your lot? Listen to it. It's absolutely fantastic. Again, changing mindsets, small thinking, getting out on the main thoroughfares and open doors. I think Talia. I don't see Talia this morning, but Talia had a powerful word last week and it was just dynamic, dynamic. So this morning I want to look at this man named Joseph. He is uh, an amazing man of God. We're going to pick it up in Genesis 37. If you have your Bibles you can look to Uh, The Scriptures, open it up right now. But Joseph, if he was anything, Joseph was favored. Everybody say favored. Favored by God. He was favored. And Jesus himself in uh, the book of Luke says that he grew in favor with God and man. His mother Mary, when the angel came and announced Jesus is going to be born, she's going to have a child, Mary, you have found favor from heaven. Favor is such a powerful word, an amazing word, but so often the uh, human side of favor, what's so often expressed in the world isn't favor, but a different word, a, a similar word, but very, very different. It's called favoritism. And favoritism, I just want to touch on this, I have a uh, just a simple little uh, definition of it. Favoritism is the practice of giving unfair or wrong preferential treatment to one person or group at the expense of another favoritism this is the ungodly definition the one that we don't want but so often what we see in our world in the culture in which we live is simply the practice of giving unfair or wrong preferential treatment to one person or a group at the expense of another let's pray father i thank you for your goodness I thank you that you always offer us life. And Jesus, this morning, we choose life. We choose you. Holy Spirit, I pray and I thank you that you are here already working and doing what only you can do, which is change a human heart, change my mindset, change the way I think, changing belief systems. As the song we sang this morning, heaven come. In my mind this morning, heaven come in my heart this morning. That it would have uh, reality, that it would have practice that looks different than the world, but looks like the favor from heaven. Holy Spirit, we ask for help even now. We ask for help from heaven that we would look, smell, and taste just like Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you do, what you want to do in us. And the people of God said, amen when we experience favoritism almost always alongside of it is trouble most of us have seen favoritism whether we were in school and there was the what we used to call back in the day i don't know if they still say the teacher's pet Anyone ever remember that name teacher teacher's pet it was just the teachers loves this one kid and usually it's somebody named eddie haskell Okay, if you're younger, I apologize for that. It's an old-time TV show. But there was just this one little weasel kid. And he was always walking up to the teacher and saying, Oh, Mrs. Landers, what a beautiful dress you have on today. Or he was going to his best friend's house, Wally. And they'd say, Oh, Mrs. Cleaver, your hair looks amazing this morning. And then, of course, Mrs. Cleaver, you're the nicest boy in town I I wish my sons were like you. The only problem is Eddie Haskell was a weasel. And he would say those things and go back and do bad things. But he seemed to always get away with it and never get called on the carpet. But he seemed like he was just blatant favoritism towards people in life. You know, whether you were in in band, and the, the band director, I play no musical instruments. This is purely illustration. You were in band growing up, and you knew you were the best at the trumpet, or trombone, or piccolo. Is that something on pizzas? I don't know. And that girl over there who was related to the band director's cousin's nephew's sister's aunt got first first chair, and you were stuck somewhere else. You're like, it's just blatant favoritism. It's so unfair when we see it, especially when it's not us that's receiving the favoritism. Or maybe you're uh, playing on a baseball team growing up as a kid, and, you know, the coach's kid is pitching, and... He can't even qualify as the water boy on the team. And yet, because he's the coach's son, he's playing and he's batting fourth. And you're like, it's so unfair. Where's the justice in life? And that's just up until nine. I had a troubled childhood. (laughs) Favoritism. It's so ugly. It's so blatant. It's so obvious. So wrong. We have situations in the church in St. Louis. We have a very large company, Boeing. Anybody ever heard of it? Used to be a... Old school McDonnell Douglas, they produce planes and stuff. And they're just massive layoffs at Boeing. And it seems like some of the people that I know, the people who are getting laid off are the people who make the most money, been there the longest, the highest credentials, the best credentials, so that they can let them go and hire a 23-year-old. And if you're 23, God bless you. Enjoy that 23. Just enjoy it. God's with you. But the people who are getting laid off are the, these men and women who have been in the company forever, blood, sweat, and tears, and they, they're hiring these kids right out of college who know, have no practical experience. Where the people who are getting off laid off are people who aren't in favor with the boss. But the boss's son's nephew gets to keep his job, and everybody knows he, he can't do the little screw in the back of the pipe in the steam engine. That thing. It seems favoritism, it's just, it's so annoying when you see it. It's so bad. And in our society, it seems like favoritism is so common, and again, it always brings pain and agony with it. And Genesis 37, 1 through 11, if we can quickly look at that, we're going to look at a, a young man's life. This is the account of a man named Joseph, and he followed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, patriarchs of the of the faith in the older testament and it's going to read each verse 1 through 11 and just comment quickly on it and then hopefully we'll have some things that we can take home that will help me help you possibly genesis 37 verse 1 the bible says this jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed the land of canaan it was the promised land jacob this man this patriarch was blessed by god he was a He was a patriarch. The only problem was Jacob himself. If you read his story earlier, Jacob, his actual name means twister or supplanter. So he's like the Eddie Haskell of the Bible. He's a liar. And in fact, I remember the first time I heard this story, it was probably 1982, Mike Stevens preached an amazing message, and I, and I, I remember it to this day. And I think, Jacob, I don't like you. He lied. He got mommy involved and stole his older brother's birthright. He was manipulating, conniving. He put like animal skins on his arm and went to his dad, and his dad said he couldn't see. Hey, is this you? He said, Yeah, sure. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Jacob is a liar and a weasel, a manipulator, a supplanter. He's stealing what does do other people? But the funny thing is, God loved this man. And God blessed this man and actually ended up changing his name. Different message for a different day. But Jacob had lots of issues. And Jacob learned how to play favorites in his life. And it caused lots of problems. Jacob, we won't get into it this morning, but Jacob had four wives. That's three too many. (laughs) By any mathematic equation. But Jacob... Being the sort of person he was, he preferred one wife over the other three. And whenever there's preferential treatment in a family, guess what the complications are? Massive dysfunction, massive problems. But I have to remember, we're reminded, he's one of the patriarchs in the Older Testament. But the challenge for me is, You could see the sin in Jacob's life seeping into his sons, seeping into his DNA, seeping into generations. My goodness, what a warning for me. Do you remember favoritism is ugly? Preferential, unwarranted, preferential treatment. It brings a cost, and it's called sin and challenge. Verse 2. This is the account of jacob's family line joseph here's our guy a young man of 17 anybody 17 years old in here age wise net there's a man what's your name ah so close it's a j it's a j we'll count it joseph a young man there you go dude bible young man young and a man was tending the flocks with his brothers. Everybody say brothers. Brothers. The sons, these are two of his wives, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah. We're not going to get into it. Complicated. His father's wives. And he, Joseph, brought their father a bad report about them, his brothers. So Joseph, the little guy, son number 11, out of 11, last in the order at this point, brings his daddy Jacob, a report, brothers aren't doing right. Now, Joseph is the son of a woman named Rachel. And there's sisters that Jacob also married. And Jacob loved this boy, Joseph. Verse 3. We're going to see a name here, Israel. That's actually Jacob, where God changed his name. Isn't it wonderful that God can change your name, your nature, everything about you? You don't have to die a weasel. You don't have to die a manipulator, a liar. That's not our inheritance. A changed life is our inheritance. And God initiates that. So this is our guy, Jacob Still. But the Bible has allowed us to see into this man's heart that change is not only possible, it's God's heartbeat. Now, Israel slash Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. Anybody ever been to the Broadway musical? Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat thing? My wife goes to all those. I do baseball. But this is the story. It's Joseph. Broadway plays are made out of this story. Jacob has lots of sons. He has 11 sons at this point. And one son, he blatantly, openly, preferentially favors Joseph over all the older sons. I wonder how they feel about that. Why Joseph? Because he was born to him in his old age, the scripture says. Also, Joseph is the only son at this point born of his wife that he favored. Rachel. He had four wives. And Jacob loved one wife more than the others. And this is the product of that marriage. And Jacob was blatant, I'm gonna make, son, I'm gonna make a special coat for you so that the whole family knows you're unique, you're loved, you're special, at their expense, mind you. I don't understand this man. And you can think, why would any parent show favoritism? Why would you do that? Oh, there's so many different reasons why parents show favoritism towards one child over another. It might be that just one child is more obedient than the other. Don't raise your hands, but if you ever had one child more obedient to mom and dad than the other ones, yeah, I'm the only one. Some people pray their whole life for a son, and there he is. Some people prayed for a daughter, and there she is. Why do people have favorites and preferential treatment? Lots of reasons. That special child like my youngest son, Andrew, doctor said he's not going to live. God spoke to us twice and said he is. He's now 23 and he's the biggest child I have in every way. And I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for my son, Andrew. Why? Because the doctor said he's not going to make it. And my son has a soft heart. But that doesn't give me the right to sinfully favorite show favoritism towards him but you can see how easy it is to happen the youngest the kindest the one you've always dreamt of unique challenges and circumstances that makes this child more special than the other ones and our wrong thinking minds and our wrong mindsets Has anybody ever had again if your parents are in this room you cannot raise your hand okay if your parents are in the room you cannot raise your hand right Okay, good, good, good. Anybody ever raised in a family where there's blatant favoritism in your family? One. That's it? Two, kind of, three-ish? I know. I didn't say you couldn't shout out, did I? Well noted. In my family growing up, I have one sister. She's 16 months older than me. And there was blatant favoritism in my family, between my sister and I. I, guess which one I was? The favorite, of course! My sister got D's and F's. My sister was disobedient when she came out of the shoot. She was, "Eh, that didn't sound right. (laughs) Going straight ahead. Yes. Pause not. My sister was disruptive. She was divisive. She never had any friends in school. She was, it was just, it was just, and unfortunately I was a little bit more like Eddie Haskell. I knew just what to say to my mom and dad. If my mom and dad told me what to do, I did it the first time. My sister waited three or four weeks, which brought conflict. She brought home Bad report cards, bad reports from everybody around her. It was blatant favoritism my entire upbringing. To this day, my sister didn't go to her father's funeral because of the blatant favoritism that was shown towards me. It was blatant in your face every day of my sister's life that I was the preferred child and she was not. She's older than me. If I came home at 4 in the morning, not a whisper. If my sister came home at 12.05, grounded. It was blatant. My grandmother, my father's mother, on my birthday, it was just flipped on just the opposite. And it used to make me so angry. On my birthday, my sister would get more presents than me from my grandmother. I was so mad. I'd get like a, a plastic horse and an American flag. And my sister would get like six presents. And on her birthday, it was like Santa Claus was on steroids. And I, I'd get a card. But I've, I've forgiven, so I don't even mention it. <laughs> but there's so many people who are paralyzed and crippled in life from how they were raised in the blatant favoritism when you were the one that wasn't the chosen one. And you see scars on people's life. Verse 4. Getting back to Joseph and his brothers. When his brothers saw that their father loved him, Joseph, more than any of them, they hated him. That's not a neutral word. That's not a mellow word. That's a strong word. They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Folks, when we live out wrong wrong mindsets, Mike Stevens, when we live out wrong thinking, Dan addressed this last week with Lot. When we live out non-kingdom thought processes that have actual reality life realities to them, ugliness happens. Hatred can happen. The brothers hated the favoritism. It was in their face, and Daddy didn't care. Verse 5 through 7. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they... Hated him all the more. And Joseph said to them, Listen to this dream I had. How cool! We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to it. Isn't that awesome? You guys, this is all picture form. I'm like prophetic. It's so awesome. How often in my life, I wonder how often in your life, we're completely unaware of how I'm presenting myself. Completely unaware of the effect I'm having on people around me. Joseph was clueless. Verse 8, same chapter. His brothers said to them, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? They said. And they hated, there's our third time in four or five verses, they hated him all the more because of his dream that he had had. Favoritism sets people up for failure. It sets people up for failure. Verses 9 through 10. Then Joseph had another dream. And he told his brothers, listen, this is a really sharp dude at this point. Listen, he said, let me get your attention so you don't mistake. I had another dream, and this time, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. He's including mom and dad and brother to come. And he told his daddy, as well as his brothers, and his father rebuked him. This is Jacob. Jacob rebuked Joseph and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Another dream. Completely unaware. He's already aggravated and intensified the hatred his brothers had for him that daddy started. And now he's doing it again. Irritating. Sticking in a a sharp object in his brother's eyes. Now including mommy and daddy in it. Verse 11. Joseph's brothers were surprised. His brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the matter in mind. The father initiated the problem. Joseph greatly contributed to the problem. But the brothers had the real problem. Because they were the problem. They saw something unjust and turned towards hatred instead of help. They chose hatred when they saw ugliness, unrighteousness, unjust things happening. How many times have we seen that in life? Whether it be our own family, whether it be in church, you see blatant favoritism. So often, guests, as was mentioned, thank you Jeremy, I, I have been pastoring a long time, pastored six or seven different churches and I always hear these buzzwords, there's so many clicks in your church. Anybody ever heard that, clicks? Usually it's what people see. The common denominator is someone's on the outside trying to look in. They feel out. And Jesus help me that the kingdom, the church that we serve and love in is filled with unity, as you talked about. The devil hates unity. He hates it. Why? Because in Psalm 133, it says, when the Father sees unity, he commands his blessing there. He commands his blessings. Miracles, Johnny, miracles will happen when the Father's blessing is on a house. How am I doing? Where am I at in my heart? Can I just give just a couple of quick takeaways from this morning? What does this have to do with me? What does it have to do with you? can I just suggest just a couple of things to take home with us? The first is, for me and you, potentially, I say potentially, potentially to deal with and learn to cooperate with God's favor on others. To learn to deal with and cooperate with God's favor on others. Have you ever seen somebody, it just seems like they have God's favor on their life? Much more than yours? No? Anybody ever hear of Billy Graham? No. I like it. Got a guest in the house. I, 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 I was fascinated with Billy Graham, and I would watch old video clips of him, and a stadium, and people are just pouring down, and I'm like, I, I've heard Mike Stevens do a thousand sermons more powerful than Billy Graham's. Are you kidding me? Look, I mean, thousands of people pulling out, you know, it's raining down. Why? It's the anointing. It's the favor of God. And sometimes you go to other churches for me, just for me, and you're like, how do they, why do they have 5,000, 6,000, 10,000? And and, in my private moment, I want to say, what about me? Doesn't that sound mature and godly? I'm sure he's so blessed to hear that. Whether it's a Catherine Kuhlman, she just laid her hands on people, spoke the word, and healings came out. Reinhard Bonnke, millions of people. It's so easy to compare ourselves one to another. And yet in Corinthians says it's a foolish thing foolish thing to compare yourselves with one to another. Why? Because you're just favor of God on people's lives. And for me to learn to cooperate and bless what I see God's doing, rather than getting jealous, rather than getting envious, why do they have the big house? Why do they have children? Why do they have the handsome husband? Why do they have the lovely nice wife? That's two. <laughs> mm. But rather than getting bitter and envious and jealous on the inside and cantankerous, To learn to bless the favor of God I see in someone else's. To bless it in Jesus' name. And say, not less, but more. Because that's God's heart. Learn to bless and cooperate with the blessing that I see, the favor of God on people's lives. I look at, I have two friends of mine. I'm not going to mention names, but one is Dan. I look at the favor of God on this man's life. Oh, yeah. I look at the favor of God, and it's like, it's not fair. Everything he touches is just like gold. He gets to meet this famous person, this famous. I meet them too in my dreams. And the, oh, I was having lunch with the president. I mean, of course you were. It went another, you know, I went to Bible school with Andrew Hughes, and it, just the favor of God in his life is so not fair. I mean, I'm not saying that, but it's not fair. Has Andrew preached here, Andrew and Angela? Amazing people. Deal rightly with jealousy, wrong mindsets in my heart, my mind. Bless what God is clearly blessing. Get on board with the love and the kindness. Get on board with it. How do I work through these things? Here's just a thought. Here's just a thought. Have I considered that maybe my breakthrough, my answer, my blessing may be tied to my ability to rejoice with someone else's blessing and breakthrough. Go ahead and put that up there again. My wife told me to write this. Have I considered that maybe my breakthrough, my answer, my blessing, may be tied to my ability to rejoice with someone else's blessing and breakthrough? Cooperate with the blessing and favor of God. Second one, just a quick takeaway. Do I have brothers and sisters in my life that help me? Do I have brothers and sisters in my life that help me? Joseph did not. They couldn't even say a kind word to him, it says in verse 4. They couldn't even say a kind word. Do I have brothers and sisters in my life that can help me see my self-unawareness? To see the 17-year-old arrogance in my life. Hey, cool dream. No, Joe. No, 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 no. The first dream didn't go over so good. Do I have people alongside me that can help me understand how I'm affecting negatively people around me? Do I have friends around me that will tell me the truth? When I was 24 years old, I was, I had been working for an insurance company for three years in, in St. Louis. A very wildly crazy successful gentleman. He's a beer drinking, swearing, smoking, Catholic. And I'm not talking good-looking smoking. I mean cigarette smoking. So when I get it right, and I was just going in to, uh, to leave for the day, and this this wonderful man named Jim came to me and said, hey, Kyle, can I get a minute with you? And he was wildly successful in the same business that I'm about to go into, 24 years old. He said, Kyle, can you sit down? He said, are you familiar with a?" Story of the tortoise and the hare. Right. Mm, yeah, He said, I just want to tell you, John, who's going into business at the same time, is going to be wildly successful in business, and you're going to be an absolute failure. I'll receive that promise. Thank you, Jesus. I was, was kind of what? He said, Kyle, he says, You're great out, uh, you're great out of the gate but you have an inability to finish. You have a massive issue in your life. You'll make early sales, a lot more sales than John, but John will end up being successful in business because you don't have tenacity and you want to pull up, quit, get bored, and go do something else. 24 years old. He told me the truth about me because he'd been working with me for three years and observed my life. I'm clueless. Praise God for a man who will tell me the truth about a character flaw I saw in my my life. And that man's still in my life, by the way, 35 years later. The scripture says this. Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Proverbs 17, 10. A rebuke impresses a discerning person father may I be discerning may I be soft-hearted may I be open may I hear your word may I receive help from my brothers and sisters help me a rebuke impresses a discerning person more than a hundred lashes a fool and the third and last so the second is do I have brothers and sisters in my life the third and last takeaway is how do I respond when said friend comes into my life? How do I actually respond when somebody tells me the truth that I don't want to hear? Do I justify myself? Do I argue? Do I blame shift? Do I want to put it off and say, that's not me. You're not seeing it from my angle. You don't get me. You don't understand me. Proverbs twenty-six twelve says this. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes there is more hope for a fool than for them how do i perceive help from dear friends that stings or hurts how do i perceive help that hurts it can't be from god that doesn't bless me that can't be from jesus i had a friend of mine tonight it's the guy from nashville jim Zelensky. we're in bible school 80s we're in england and Jim Zelensky, we're walking over a bridge over a river and in Skipton, England. And Jim Zelensky, again, he'll be here tonight. You can ask him. It's far worse than what I'm going to present, but we're just glossing over all my issues this morning. Jim Zelensky, this fellow Bible student, as we're walking over a bridge and in Skipton, England, said, Cynicism is going to eat your lunch. You need to repent. I thought, no, I'm prophetic. <laughs> no you're cynical and you can't lead God's people being a cynic it's not faith it's the opposite it's not prophetic it's cynicism I was like well what are you having for dinner tonight I was going to buy something but now I'm not two years ago I was sitting in Dan and Fee's backyard and uh, Dan I've known Dan and Fee for 20 plus years now And I just have, in fact, Jim Zelensky and Dan would be my two closest friends that I go to and ask them to help me with my life because I want help. Who wants help? I have dear friends who will help me. So two years ago, and I think I said this maybe a year ago here, I asked Dan, okay, Dan, we've been working for a long time together. What do you see in my life that just isn't pretty? He didn't even hesitate. I'm like, whoa. Put off the gas, babe. Think about it. Like, is it that glaring? Let me just, here, take my log. Wow. Think first. <laughs> Inability to say. <laughs> no, he looked at me and said, Tom, He said, you need to be confident in who God has made you. You struggle so much believing that God's actually going to use you. Unbelief. We'll just call it that. The uh, unedited version. You need to be confident, Tom, in who God has made you and step into it. Faithful are the wounds of a friend to help me get into reality where I really am. Can we all stand up, please? Father, I thank you that I stand before a group of people who are all your favorites. That you adore them, you love them. They are your favorites. Father, like all of the ten other brothers, they, couldn't, they didn't understand, they couldn't see how favored they were. They were the tribes of Israel to be. They were favored, but they couldn't see it. Father, help me to see the favor on my brother's life, on my sister's life. Help me to see and help them and love them and honor them instead of being jealous of the blessing. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would change mindsets this morning as Mike prophesied, as Dan spoke of last week. Change the mindsets of this family that heaven would come and be whole and full and blessed and Powerful in this family. That the fullness of heaven would be in this family because there's unity. They're one for another. Like you shook the other church, the early church because they were in one place in one mind. Lord, that you would deal with me. Help me to see. If I'm not seeing it, send help through my brothers. Send help. People would tell me in love and kindness, the truth that I can be all who I'm called to be. Holy Spirit, do a thorough work in this house, a thorough work. Adjust my mind, adjust my attitude, adjust my spirit that I hear from you. Thank you for the favor that is on this house. May this house come into fullness of what you have. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. (laughs)